Hello and welcome back to the Witch 50 Works podcast. I'm your host, Peter O'Leary. I'm delighted to be joined again today by our resident Witch 50 expert and member of our customer success team, Ross Pullen. Ross, welcome back. Hey, how's it going, Peter? How are you? Brilliant. Thanks very much. Uh, today, we're talking about number three in our top five favorite features of the Witch 50 platform. Number three is multi-factor authentication or MFA. Ross, can you tell our listeners what is MFA and how do we use it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So um, multi-factor authentication, uh, yeah, which I will be referring to as MFA for short, um, is basically ensuring that the contacts you're sending to are the right contacts to receive the right information. Um, and so, you know, of course, not every communication you send out would need uh, very high levels of security. You know, you might just be sending out regular uh, marketing messages, but which 50 basically enables you to send out important information uh, to all of your contacts, information which might be sensitive in nature. And so uh, you'd like to ensure that it stays secure uh, and MFA can basically help you do this. Um, so if I take an example of, um, let's say an email, that email uh, would be personalized, you know, with with a greeting or with any uh, more sensitive information, even simple things like a, a physical address or something like that, um, which 50 can enable you to personalize each of your emails uh, with details, you know, specific to each recipient. But you can also attach documents that could have sensitive information in it as well. Um, for example, a, a bank loan application, a copy of a, a loan application, um, which of course would be personalized to that recipient. Um, and so for things like that, using MFA might actually be crucial um, because to access that inf information, to access those documents, uh, a recipient might say, firstly, be prompted to enter uh, their date of birth you know, done via simple, they'll receive an email, but they'll click a link uh, and visit a simple web form. Uh, and just in that web form there, it can it can greet them via first name, they'll know they're in the right place. And when it says, enter your date of birth, uh, when they enter that date of birth and what they submit matches what we have on file, what which 50 has uh, on file for them, that sort of proves they're the right person. And date of birth might be simple, uh, as an example, you might even want to get, you know, more secure with it. Um, but certainly a date of birth is fairly individual and, and specific to those people. Um, and then so that, uh, that that form that they filled in just with their date of birth can then automatically trigger uh, which 50 to send out an SMS to their phone. Um, so, you, you know, you need their mobile number on file as well. And that SMS would then contain a passcode that will be used for the sensitive documents that were, you know, attached to the email in the first place. Um, so that, that's a fairly quick example of a, an MFA journey um, straightforward, but it requires each person to have access to their mobile phone, their email, and obviously to know their date of birth, um, all in order to just receive, you know, whatever personal 
important information uh, that you need to send to them. Um, and so I think all parties there would be satisfied, you know, okay, this information actually is quite important and sensitive, um, but through MFA, it's it's remained secure. Uh, the authentication kind of hoops that they've had to jump through, um, they're all quite automatic, they're all instant, they're all easy to do. Entering your date of birth is certainly very simple and having that send your phone uh, a code within seconds, you know, certainly less than a minute, um, everyone will have their phone handy. So that can easily be used in conjunction with the a, a password protected document attached to the email. Um, and so in this sort of way, you're, you know, you're touching on a few different points uh, of contact and just really ensuring that this person you're emailing is going to be receiving the right information uh, if they, for some reason, received somebody else's documents. Uh, I'm not sure how it would happen, but say it could happen. They might then enter a date of birth that doesn't actually match, you know, what should have been entered. Or they might receive a security code, that uh, a passcode that doesn't match the document's passcode. Uh, and so if they had an, an error pop up, if they had, you know, something happen that didn't allow them to access their documents with a simple kind of, you know, get in touch, uh, you know, button at the bottom of your email, the simple sort of um, help center or, or person to get in touch with to help them through, you could maybe determine what's, uh, what's happened and what's changed there. But the multi-factor authentication this way can really just ensure if you receive a document and it is your document, then you'll also receive a passcode with your date of birth uh, entered, you'll receive a passcode and that will allow you to access your documents. And again, um, you know, with which 50 sending out thousands, hundreds of thousands or, or millions of emails, um, you might just be very nervous that some cross contamination might occur, but uh, but certainly with, with multi-factor authentication, there's no possible way a user could have a, a wrong email and a wrong mobile and a wrong date of birth. Um, so it's really just ensuring uh, sensitive information doesn't get placed into the wrong hands. Um, it stays secure throughout the journey and people get all the correct information that they uh, will definitely need to get. I think again, um, peace of mind, is is uh, another a feature mm -hmm. of of one of our top five i would say with regards to multi-factor authentication uh we are kind of seeing it um more often now it's 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 nearly expected by customers that people will have their personal information protected by multi-factor authentication mm -hmm. um i know i know in my own experience uh it, it sometimes can feel like a race against time to get the code in, to, to, to get your text and your code and remember yeah. the code and put it in. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure that that's, that's not what the case with the Witch 50. It's not too much of a panic, is it, Ross? No, no, no. But, but yeah, you, you touch on something correct there. It seems like almost every website, every platform you try to log into uh, prompts you to check your email, click the verification link there, or check your phone, type in the code we've just texted you. Um, so yeah, definitely it's become so commonplace that I think people expect it now. Uh, so it's certainly not um, certainly not a disadvantage or a disincentive 
for these users. Uh, I think they're happy. They are satisfied. Everything stays secure. Um, and it is, yeah, it's so common across the web that uh, Witch 50 is really just right there with um, with our own MFA and uh, yeah, keeps all of our users happy and all of our information, all of their information secure. That's great. So again, I'd like to thank Ross for yeah, joining me you. today and, and talking us through multi-factor authentication. Um, and I can't wait to hear uh, what we have in store <laughs> for our listeners next week. Mm. Um, and to our listeners again, I hope you enjoyed today's show. And we will be back next week with another episode of the Witch 50 Works podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Thank you.